Hello and welcome to the QUB GP Society podcast. This series is entitled Common Conditions in General Practice and is aimed at medical students. We will be discussing some of the most common conditions that you see in primary care setting in terms of their pathology, presentation, diagnosis, and management. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can see all of our latest episodes and also check out our society and social media so you can keep up to date with news and events. But now, on to today's episode. My name is Shalmar Baldemore, and I am the Assistant Secretary in the Queen's University GP Society. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Today's subject is on headaches. Headaches are among the most common disorders of the nervous system. It can be localized to any part of the head, behind the eyes or ears, or in the upper neck. They may be classified into primary and secondary headache disorders. Primary headache disorders such as tension-type headache, migraine, and cluster headache can cause substantial level of disability to the patient. Headaches can also be caused by or occur secondarily to a long list of other conditions, for example due to a subarachnoid hemorrhage, temporal arteritis, and raised intracranial pressure. Approximately 90% of headaches seen in the primary care setting are primary headaches, but a high index of suspicion should always be maintained for life-threatening causes of headaches. Since many physical findings are nonspecific, diagnostic clues should be derived primarily from a good history. When it comes to assessing patients presenting with a new-onset acute headache, you may consider using the Socrates mnemonic to structure your pain history. So you can ask about the site, where the pain is, is it unilateral, bilateral, the onset, when did the headaches first start, did it come about suddenly or was there a gradual worsening over a period of weeks or months, are things getting better or worse or staying the same? Ask about the character. What is the headache like? Is it dull, throbbing, pulsating? Does the pain spread anywhere? Is there any associated symptoms with the headaches? Any aura, vomiting, neck stiffness, any visual or hearing disturbances, or any focal neurological symptoms? Ask about the timing. How frequent are the headaches? Are they episodic, daily, or unremitting? And how long do they last? Ask about any exacerbating or relieving factors, anything that triggers the headaches, are they any worse on lying down, coughing, or performing any Valsalva maneuvers? For women, you could also ask about the relationship of these headaches to their periods. It's also important to gauge the severity of these headaches. You may also want to ask about the family history of any similar headache, ask about any recent medication intake, as well as all prescribed or over-the-counter medication they've taken to relieve these headaches. For any history, it is also important to get a sense of how much their day-to-day activities are limited or prevented, and whether they have any ideas or concerns about recurrent attacks or their cause. Depending on your history, you may perform a physical examination and conduct several investigations. You should also be aware of a few red flag symptoms when assessing patients with a recent acute onset of headache. The Northern Ireland Referral Guidance for Suspective Cancer provides more detailed information on red flag referrals in patients with brain and CNS cancers. I'll now be discussing a bit about some examples of primary headaches that you may encounter in the general practice. 
Tension headaches are the most common types of headaches and are usually associated with emotional stressor, depression, and insomnia. Pain is usually mild to moderate. These can be episodic, lasting a few hours to several days, or chronic, which is often unremitting. Patients may report feeling a bilateral, tight band sensation across the forehead, which is steady and non-pulsatile. They are not aggravated by physical activity, although there may also be some pericranial tenderness and sensitivity to light or noise, but examination is otherwise normal. This can be managed by avoiding stressors. You can also consider taking aspirin, paracetamol, or an NSAID for acute treatment of tension-type headaches. After tension-type headaches, migraines are the second most prevalent neurological disorder, which presents early to midlife. Migraines are characterized as a unilateral, pulsating or throbbing headache, which is aggravated with movement. Headaches are associated with a post-trome period, where the patients experience extreme fatigue or mood swings and sleep disturbances. It can also occur with or without an aura. Usually, headaches are triggered by stress, sleep deprivation, loud noise or bright lights, and certain foods such as red wine and food containing tyramine, for example cheese and chocolate. Some women experience menstrual migraines, which is most likely to occur in the two days leading up to a period and the first three days of a period. Diagnosis requires at least five attacks lasting 4 to 72 hours in adults. Patients may have nausea and vomiting as well as visual disturbances. They may see flashing lights or zigzag lines. Patients can also get quite sensitive to sound or light and may need to lie down in a dark room. Frequency of migraine attacks can be reduced by identifying and avoiding such triggers. Patients can be offered paracetamol, aspirin, and metoclopramide, or oral triptan for acute treatment of migraines. For chronic migraines, prophylactic agents such as propanolol, if they're not asthmatic, topiramate, amitriptyline, or Botox injections can be offered. 80% of patients have their first attack before the age of 30, therefore an onset of migraines after the age of 50, should arouse suspicion of secondary headache disorders. On the other hand, cluster headaches are relatively uncommon and they affect more males than females. They are characterized by frequently reoccurring brief but severely painful unilateral headaches, usually focused around one eye. They can last between 15 minutes to 3 hours. As the name suggests, they occur in clusters followed by periods of remission. Headaches often begin during sleep and may wake the patient as the pain is severe and the patients are usually unable to lie down and characteristically pace the floor. Patients may also have reddened eyes, excessive lacrimation, nasal congestion, and facial swelling. Treatment for acute attacks are also triptans and say they may need high-flow oxygen and receive further care. As I've mentioned before, for any new presentation of headaches, you would need to exclude other serious underlying pathologies that may contribute to these headaches. Headaches can occur with patients presenting with a subarachnoid hemorrhage. This is an emergency condition which requires immediate attention. It occurs as a result of bleeding from a berry aneurysm in the circle of Willis. Patients with a subarachnoid hemorrhage will present with a very sudden onset thunderclap headache and nuchal rigidity. Some patients describe this pain to be similar to being hit with a brick over the head. Bigger bleeds may cause nausea, vomiting, and convulsions. 
there may also be signs of meningism six hours post-hemorrhage. Diagnosis of a subarachnoid hemorrhage cannot be made on clinical grounds alone, therefore anyone suspected of a subarachnoid hemorrhage should have a CT scan without contrast at the earliest opportunity. If positive, patients will require angiography to determine the origin. If the CT is negative but history suggestive, consider lumbar puncture as long as there are no features of raised intracranial pressure. This would then be managed appropriately by neurosurgeons. Headaches can also be caused by a temporal arteritis or a giant cell arteritis, and this is also another life-threatening emergency that you need to look out for. This is a systemic immune-mediate vasculitis affecting medium and large-sized arteries in the patients over 50 years old. It presents as a unilateral, throbbing pain. It can cause sudden and potentially bilateral vision loss in the elderly and requires immediate referral to the eye emergency department. Patients may also report tenderness to temporal area and jaw claudication. On examination, the temporal arteries may be prominent, tender, and pulseless. Fundoscopy examination may show optic nerve edema. ESR should be measured and a temporal artery biopsy is required. Once diagnosis is suspected, treat with high-dose corticosteroids immediately. In addition, aspirin and a proton pump inhibitor should be started. This condition may be self-limiting, but most patients will complete resolution by two years. Finally, headaches due to a raised intracranial pressure can arise as a consequence of an intracranial mass lesion. Typically, these headaches waken the patient from sleep or are worse in the morning and with coughing and bending. It is associated with vomiting, lethargy, and reduced consciousness. Untreated, this can deteriorate into stupor, coma, and death. Patients may also have neurological symptoms if tumor is present, such as loss of consciousness, change in personality, or memory. Patients may also present with unexplained weight loss and transient loss of vision with sudden changes in posture. This indicates markedly elevated intracranial pressure, if lesion is suspected, an urgent referral to neurology is necessary and patients will require urgent CT brain or MRI. Management is then guided by the surgical team. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you have any ideas, suggestions or feedback, don't be afraid to get in touch with us via email at gp-soft at qub.ac.uk. Our Facebook or Twitter and Instagram accounts are regularly updated with all the essential information from our society. As always, thank you for listening and goodbye.